Be October anymore. How we doing, man? We're back. Yeah, man. At last, Spin Cat Podcast finally back on there. We got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. We do have to talk. We do got a lot to talk about. But let's start uh, with that good old World Series. So, as I go back and as I think about it, I'm kind of confused. Why didn't Yordan uh, Alvarez win the World Series MVP? Because he only had one good hit. <laughs> one good hit or probably the hit that made the series? True, true. <laughs> it was a pretty, you know, the 4-1 doesn't really prove what the series was. You know, each game was close. Each game came down to those big hits. I kind of agree with you, though, about Alvarez. I think he, he should have won. He not only he, had that big one in uh, the first round playoffs. playoffs and then, of course, the one in the World Series. So he deserved it, too. You know, I get Pena pain, get being Mr. Consistent, but I also think you could have made a case for Verlander getting his first win as well. I think this one, this was the first World Series that I thought was a true team win. This wasn't really a star-driven World Series, so to speak. This one was really kind of a team win. Like, I mean, Kyle Tucker did have some star moments as well though, throughout the playoffs. So he did have a couple. He did have a couple. He had a big game in the uh, game two of the World Series as well off Aaron Nola. But, I mean, who doesn't have a big game off Aaron Nola at this point? Pena was acceptable, though, because he did have a pretty superb field day at uh, short. He had a lot of put out, some big moments. So I'm okay with it. And like you said, it was such a – it was a team win. So you didn't really have, you know, one of those outstanding performances that stood out from the rest like you did on the other side, especially if the yeah. other side won. Very much so. Very much so. And but that's good to that go... special stellar performance on the losing I mean, side. But Bryce Harper, said... man. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, this was, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Bryce later, but let's just talk about that Phillies team. That team in general, I mean, from Kyle Schwarber, I mean, guys showed up. I mean, when they teed off in uh, game three, I mean, that was that that was just big. I mean, that team fought, though. They went into the playoffs as a sixth seed. They weren't supposed to get there. And then once you get hot, I mean, baseball is probably one of the biggest examples of it. Once you get hot in baseball, it's really hard to stop. So we have to give them a lot of credit. We have to give the Astros a lot of credit, but Dave Dombrowski put together a great team. Yeah. And like, I was not expecting that at all. From him. Honestly, that Philadelphia playoff run and even the, the small run they went on at the end of August to get to the playoffs and the September, excuse me, might be one of the best runs we've ever seen, dude. I mean, to lose your manager at the halfway point, team was terrible. They were damn near dead in the conference, dead in their division. They I mean, were washed. Me, they looked like they had all these big signings and you got you had Bryce Hurt. You had all these big signings failing. You would not have thought that that team would have, A, made it into the playoffs, yet alone get 
to that as deep as they did, you know, going to the World Series. Especially how hot Atlanta had been all season as well, too. That's a big thing a lot of people were They went in and smoked them. They went in and smoked them. I mean, you had the Mets that kind of snuck into the playoffs and were kind of like, man, they could get dangerous. And, you know, the Phillies just kind of said, hold my beer. I'm here. And I think home field advantage really is what playing at the bank. I don't think any team wanted to play at the bank because, I mean, Bryce Harper had his money ball moment. I think that that might have been the biggest moment of the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. That <laughs> moment, bottom of the eighth, one out, and he just because it, it it just it was, it was storybook. It was really storybook. Like this was a really this changes the complexion of the National League for the rest. I think for the next five years. I mean, you also had the Padres upsetting the Dodgers. You had this playoffs was fun. I think the NL was way more competitive than the AL this year. Like by a very vast margin. There's a lot of stardom in the NL. Not that there isn't in the AL, but it just seemed like there's so much more stardom in the NL. There's a lot more. There's a lot more younger talent. There's a lot of younger. And we didn't even see Acuna. Exactly. The AL. The AL is more. The AL is really more. I I, I think you got to flip it now. I think the AL is the senior circuit now. Yeah, it's I, like I I, once I you do, give cause... that DH full time to both sides, we see the uh, importance of it. And Bryce Harper, I mean, my God, if they don't have a DH spot, Philly doesn't go that deep. They don't have a DH spot. You don't see Bryce doesn't play. Bryce, yeah, you don't. Play. You don't see Bryce play probably, and you don't see these miraculous hits turn into back to backs and turn into six run innings. I mean, the NL had those those star hitters and Goldschmidt and Harper and company. They were all given the DH spot, and it's like there's more electricity amongst the NL, and we saw that in the playoffs. Yeah, but we also saw one big thing we can't realize: Verlander getting his first World Series win. That, Man, thank God. He had to get that monkey off his back. And he put together a great performance. He put together such a beautiful performance. That game one was. It was wasn't beautiful. game one. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. You're right. It was beautiful. It was It was a beautiful performance, you know. He still ended up, I think, Verlander. I think he's got maybe one more year left. I think he's got one more year left. I think Verlander wants to end in Detroit, though. I think he's got everything he needs. He's got three Cy Youngs. He's got two World Series. He's got a rookie of the year. He's got an MVP. His hard work cabinet looks pretty good. I mean, if we're going to be honest, you got – if the playoffs didn't count, Verlander probably would be the best. Verlander and Kershaw would be probably the best pitchers in baseball history. Let's well, not say playoffs, though. I mean, it's really Verlander, just the World, if the World Series. Verlander. If the World Series didn't count to your stats, yeah. Verlander has a case. Because the man is probably got – he's probably a top eight, top five playoff pitcher ever, postseason. It's just once he gets to that World Series, yeah, you don't want I don't to know. I don't know what it is about the World Series, but in the, I wouldn't take anybody over a Game Seven and the ALCS over Verlander. I mean, we've seen what he's done to teams. I mean, look at the ALDS, what he did to the, what he did to the Athletics that one year. What was it? Eight, eight, eight innings, one hit, fifteen mm. strikeouts, something like that. Yeah, in my lifetime, you gave me Clemens Verlander. Those are my two. Yeah, Clemens, Verlander. I got Kershaw. I got Kershaw out of the playoffs. So I think Kershaw is just a terrible playoff pitcher. I don't even think it's the worst thing. I think it's just when the lights get bright, Kershaw, I don't know what goes on. But as you said, as we recap that, I think does this kind of validate that the Astros, you know, even though they won the first one with cheating, is this one more important? Oh, it's definitely more important if you account the cheating thing and everything else. I mean, even – I mean, they had to deal with that, <laughs> that that Philly crowd for Pete's sake, you know. 
everyone was talking about it all year. And as more they won and as deeper they got in the playoffs, the more you heard it, the more you heard it. So definitely, it's definitely got to be more important, man. I mean, that's a big dub for them. They feel, they're feeling good right now. They're feeling good to Houston, you know. I think – and as we move to the offseason, I think a lot of teams – there are some big moves this offseason now. But I think the biggest move, the one that we said was the best player in baseball, Trey Turner to the Padres. <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, Where did he go? Big, he went to San Diego. He didn't, he didn't go to no damn San Diego. Sorry, he went to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, Trey Turner. And that's that's what, Phil, you know, to see Philadelphia go after a guy like Trey Turner after that run is crazy. And it's a good I mean, deal. It, it's a really that, good deal. It, yeah, it is. It, it's so, so, I'm sorry. I thought I was in the Padres. I, I, I completely, I completely misspoke there. Let me, let me clear that one up. Trey Turner to the Phillies. This just shows you, this is what teams should do when you make it and you get over the hump, but you still got a little bit left to go, a lot of teams say, no, let's just run it back with the exact same squad. Dave Dombrowski is not that guy. While we might criticize him for his bad pitching decisions and the Victor Martinez decision, trying to count on him like not playing baseball for a year, we're not going to go there right now. But Trey allows you to move It's a lot of pressure off Nick Castellano. I think a lot of people need to realize that. They take so much pressure off Castellano that realistically – Nick needed to not be there, and then ha- and now you can have Kyle Schwarber hit anywhere. Kyle Schwarber really can hit anywhere from two to six in your lineup now. Not yeah, and then it gets him away from the leadoff spot. And you get and, all these people. And you, now you always want to have someone on base, and you have that fielding at shortstop. I mean, good guy. I think we talked about this though previously. I don't know if we put it on record, but we said that Trey Turner needed to be a Philly. There's also one other person we're going to talk about that needs to be a Philly, but. Trey Turner literally needed to be a Philly, and he's the best player in baseball. I really don't think there is some competition, but I do think Trey Turner is the best player in baseball. What he brings to the field, Trey Turner is a 300 hitter. He he's a, one of the best defenders in baseball. Trey Turner, all. He, he's really what you need. He he's really he's the best player in baseball. And I think what Dave was thinking in this is, hey, I just lost. You know, this was a miraculous run, though. We didn't even think we were going to get to the World Series come halfway point. So let me go let get the, the missing pieces that I need. And you got to remember, Castellanos and all the other additions, including Harper, they're locked up, man, for years. They got monsters contracts. So you are thinking bigger picture. You know that, hey, we came this short. You know, as a team, we have all this mo- momentum. We're just a few pieces away. Let's go cash in a few more money to get get a superstar. And they did. I mean, 11 years, 300. They're only doing 27.2 a year. And exactly. That's not you bad. That's really not you, bad. That's not bad. And and you also got to think, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. So it really doesn't matter. Baseball doesn't have a salary cap. He's willing to go. The only thing that the Phillies didn't do in the offseason was pitching. But that brings us to our next, to our next one just a little bit. Trey yeah, Bowers but- finally free. And he should be in a Phillies jersey next week. Yeah, it's it was interesting to see how you know the Dodgers handle it, but now he's on the market. I think you're right. Philadelphia is that perfect destination for him, and they're still they did some work in the offseason. You know, they had some good moves, but they 
they need that ace and they need, I mean, they need massively, any help they, they can get in that starting rotation. They massively overpaid. Um, I can't remember who, but they massively overpaid for one of those pitchers. There's a reason why we can't remember who. Exactly, but they massively overpaid him. Like, it's bad. Like, it's, it was really bad overpay. But Tre- Trevor Bauer, I think Philly fans forget all when it comes to winning. You can be a horrible person. And, but at the same time, Trevor Bauer was um, not guilty in the court of law. It was all proven. Trevor Bauer has other documentation. Trevor should have been free. And I, I don't like the way the Dodgers handled the situation because you sit down with Trevor a week ago and you say, no, we're going to work things out. And then now this week, all of a sudden, you're like, no, we're just going to let you go. I don't like that. So the Dodgers had that seven-day period since they made that announcement to trade them, or they can just release them. I think the best thing for the Dodgers to do, try to trade them, but at the same time, you got to pay them anyway. So Trevor Bauer's market, honestly, is probably going to be really good. I think a sleeper team for Trevor Bauer needs to – a lot of people need to pay attention. Watch the Mets because of that, which leads us into another topic. Watch the Mets for Trevor Bauer. Yeah, he could he could go there. He's definitely going to have some, uh, you know, some guys putting some bait in the water trying to get sail him in. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It's definitely going to be a cheap deal. It's not going to be the monstrous I mean, Jacob Degrom deal we saw Texas give out to him in a, what I thought was a beautiful move by Texas. Texas also got Clayton Kershaw well in off season, so Texas. Texas has put it together. I they mean, got Nathan Avaldi, dude, who's been stellar in so Boston in the last few years. And and don't forget, they also signed Seager last year. It's a damn good team. They've done a lot in the last three years. It's actually been – and I, I, I had this gut feeling that no one's going to talk about it. But it's been one of the best front offices in the last few, few years, and I think we're going to see some wins come out of it finally. Speaking of front offices, I just want to take a second and let everyone know Al Avila was fired. And, you know, I don't think really we all really appreciated that news enough. I think that should be a national holiday. I think. <laughs> and I, love the I love this. I love the front office re- restructuring that the Tigers are doing. I know it's going to take some time, but I do think that. I think the big thing for the Tigers right now is get capital. We just made a trade with the Phillies. We got rid of Gregory Soto finally. We sent him to Philly. And I think Gregory Soto is good, but his control is just so poor that it makes life so hard to enjoy him. And the fact that he has two all-star appearances has his ego too high. But the only reason why he has two all-star appearances is every MLB, every, every MLB team needs an all-star. Yeah. His numbers, just, his numbers just look good. You're like, oh, he's got all the saves. But then if you ever watched him pitch, I think, like, he needs to come with an epilepsy warning. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to play with the tiger closer curse for more than three years. So, yeah. boy, and but since we're on the topic, yes, they had this trade, and yes, it was good to get some, you know, good utility player in there and get Soto out. But man, were the Tigers quiet before that? They really haven't done a damn thing, and I, I was kind of, I do, I was kind of, I was unimpressed by it. I was unimpressed with it, but I think at the same time, the Tigers. They're restructuring their entire front office, their entire scouting department. They're restructuring their entire team, essentially. So they really have to build from the ground up. So I didn't expect a lot of moves right away. I expected some kind of flashy signings here and there. But at the same time, I truthfully – Did you think they were shallow because of what happened with Baez? I think they just wanted a year with not spending money. I don't think that. I think 
think the Tigers were in the Korea market. I think they thought about it, but I also think they realized we need to bottom out, and that's probably the biggest thing. They think they need to really truthfully bottom out, and I also think they want to let these young guys play. They want to see what their farm system really has. So they want to see the Tigers' pitching front, pitching farm system is great. The hitting side is different. So you really want to see what you can get in that, in that, in that, in that farm system. You want to really evaluate everything. So I think we aren't going to really see the Tigers start doing anything until probably the trade deadline. They're going to see how good they play. And I think you really got to just let A.J. Hinch do what he does because he made that, that – what he did with that pitching staff last year, I think a lot of people underestimated. That pitching staff last year was terrible. And, like, on paper going into the year, that pitching staff was terrible. What he did, and they were a top-10 pitching unit last year in terms of ER and strikeouts, it made no sense whatsoever. And then you also got to hope for the rehabilitation. Of, you got to hope that Miguel Cabrera locked Javi Baez in a cage and just kept him at his house and made him watch all of his film and how to locate a fastball and know to stop swinging that stuff out of the zone. If Javi Baez does that, he could be probably the best hitter in baseball. Javi Baez needs to learn plate discipline. Like, that's just really it. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey's got to make it through his farewell tour, all right? He's going to be probably back on the thing, so he doesn't want to be the hitting, He's going to be the hitting coach. He, yeah, he's going to be the hitting coach after next year, of course. Like, I think it's going to be – I think it's very easy he's going to be the hitting coach. The one team that was – that I was kind of ashamed of is uh, Milwaukee. They didn't get Christian Yelich any help. Didn't really do any pitching. They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. The one team that did too much, maybe, was the Yankees re-signing. I mean, can we talk yeah, about Yeah, let's get Judge to that big topic, man. It's time. Let's talk about it. Literally, well, literally and figuratively, the, the big topic. I mean, Aaron Judge, $300 million. 360, nine years. Yeah. Nine for 360. You got Trey Turner for 11 and three. $40 million a year. So you got Judge, $40 million from Trey Turner's 27.2. You're paying forty you're million paying for Gary, some pop, and you're also paying Gary Cole as well. And let's talk about that. I mean, the Yankees screwed themselves. They should have paid Judge last year, but at the same time, Judge also he played this the exact way you're supposed to. He did this the exact proper way. This is how you're supposed to do. You're supposed to maximize your value, and then also too, this is a Rod two You got a guy who can't hit in the playoffs at all. He dominated the regular season. I'll give him credit there. He dominated the regular season. When Aaron Judge couldn't hit a – couldn't even hit a pop-up a lot of times in the playoffs, that's how bad he was in the playoffs. Like, it's really bad. Like, his playoff stats, I I don't I don't think he has a one uh, wins over replacement. Like, that's how bad Aaron Judge was in the playoffs. Yeah, and either way, it's – it's just a, worse, a worthless contract, man. I mean, he's not going to be worth that value. Who knows? He might get – it might literally be A-Rod 2.0, and he might get hit with the stamp, if you know what I mean. I mean, that's a – I'm just saying, he hit a lot of home runs last year. You know how how they how they be you know, with those tests. So, we'll see with that. $40 million, though, that's a year. That's a ton, dude. I don't like it. Terrible, oh, terrible decision. It's going to bite him. A-Rod bit him. Every big – contract like this, especially from the stripe pinstripes in New York, bites them. And Judge is gonna do it again. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like I just don't
There's another deal, though. Another deal that we have. We got Mookie. How do we feel about it? About Mookie? Yeah. How do you feel about the Dodgers not moving Mookie? Because they should have sold high on Mookie this offseason. I would still keep him for a year or two. One's his, I mean, he's got his, his contract's huge. You got him for the long run. Yeah, you have to. Do you think someone's going to trade for him with that kind of contract? There's a is another big note, too. Mm, yes, I, I, I think it's possible. I, I think I think it's possible. I think, you, I think you can convince a team like Oakland to take it. Oakland does a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, that's just a terrible franchise. But I if you're trading, sorry, you're not going to just trade for prospects. You're going to want some some players in return. I think I don't know. I think you might just want the capital. You might just want the. Oh, with Pod, look how damn good that Padres team is now. Yes, like they just I actually didn't mean to go about Mookie. I meant to talk about Xander. I meant yeah. to ask about Xander and the Padres. I mean, that's a lot of money for Xander. Oh, uh, he's sneaky. No one wants to talk about Xander though, but he literally does it all. It's a lot of money, but everyone's going to get that contract. But how does Boston that. let him go? How does Boston let him go? It's crazy. I mean, That's Boston the... would have had Trevor Story and Bogarts back alongside. I mean, it's crazy. Now, my biggest question is how do we see this on the diamond? Obviously, Bogarts is still getting a little bit up there in, in age. Do you throw him at DH? Because no, I'm, no, I'm going to want Machado still at third. I want Tatis at I want Tatis at DH. They're saying um, that so the the est- or the projected lineup is Tatis is going to actually play right field. Tatis is such a liability in the field, man. He's such a liability. He has in the skill field. in the field though. That's what's crazy. Like yeah, he, has, he throws air. Tatis, he has airs, but he still makes Tatis, gems too. It's weird. So Tatis is kind of like Javi Baez in the sense that they make really yeah. easy plays look really hard. And they make really hard plays look really easy. Yeah, that's the biggest issue. They can't just do anything easy. Like nothing can be easy with those guys when they're in the field. And then also too, I don't think you want to put too much on Tatis when he's coming back. You have suspension, you have the elbow injury, and you were you really built your franchise around Tatis, and he's shown he's not ready for it. So Tatis being such a such a young guy, you really just want to allow him to. Really, just focus on one thing, and then you kind of want to build back up his star, his star value, so to speak. And then you also want to get him back out in the community. You want to do a lot of things because Fernando Tatis, you could tell he's just too young. He was not ready to be a true leader on that team. You could tell he was overshadowed and upset that Manny was able to truthfully take over that team when he got there. Manny was able to really become their leader in that clubhouse, and Tatis just wasn't able to handle it. So I think that is the biggest thing that you need to truthfully. There's really got to work. There's always a factor too when guys when their dads are you know star type players too growing up and they're in the dugout and yada yada we see that a lot now I mean, you see it a lot but not with like Vlad Vlad Jr. in Toronto though oh yeah Vlad's still a goofball though we just he just doesn't do dumb shit but he's still mm-hmm. like someone talking about like, coach, ringworm free? you know like oh yeah he's he's not getting suspended or doing nothing <laughs> doing nothing like that ring, ringworm cream you had a ringworm really yeah but we do see that now, I am totally with you. I think putting him even in right is just stupid. Just throw him at DH. Let him slowly get back in the swing of things. And you want – let's not forget, Bogarts is a gold glove, you know. Exactly. Put him at he's short. Gonna... They just got somebody at second, too. I forget. 
they got second locked up, and now you got Machado at third. It's it's a good, great lineup. I mean, they got a lot going. That's why Dodgers need to buckle up in that division. I mean, you also got your outfield locked up. You got Juan Soto and Trent Grisham in outfield. You have a really good team on paper. The problem is with San Diego. That's why I said San Diego is a dark horse spot. Well, I didn't say it, but now I'm going to say it. San Diego for Trevor Bauer is a dark horse. That is a very dark horse. Yeah, they still desperately need some arms. I mean, because you got Joe Musgrove as your number one. You got you Darvish, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, and Seth Lugo. I like Musgrove. You Darvish had a career year. Blake Snell hasn't been the same since he got pulled in the ALCS. That was just a terrible. I still, that still needs, that's probably one of the worst decisions ever made in baseball history. No, we've seen a few, but yes, that's, that's on that list. I don't, I think he's done. I think he's done. I think they need to add an arm. Bauer's a good, good little option. There's still a lot of free agents left. That's what people kind of forget, man. I mean, this was a, a nasty, nasty deep market. This is a very deep market. A lot of guys, I don't think J.D. Martinez signed yet either. Or I think, did he sign? Did he just sign? But J.D. Martinez is still out there. So if Tatis isn't back for a while, or if Tatis doesn't start the way you want to, you can go out and get J.D., get him on a one-year deal. Yeah, there's still a lot lot of free agents going. We'll see what these contracts do, especially in the first year. Judge, I'm not. I'm not liking it. I do like the Turner one. I mean, you're going to get I, I one think, for 300 mil for his – Trey Turner, Turner should have got 500. But I did have something to say. Let, let, let's end this one on a positive note. Bryce Harper is what everyone thinks Mike Trout is. Everyone sees all Mike Trout's numbers. They see the All-Stars. They see everything. Mike Trout hasn't made the playoffs since he's been in the MLB. Bryce Harper has. Bryce Harper's stats lead to winning. Bryce Harper leads to your city being turned around. L.A. really doesn't even know that the Angels play there. Like, that's a Dodger city. You know where Bryce Harper plays. You're going to be wherever Bryce Harper plays. Bryce Harper puts the city that he's playing in on his back and he carries the franchise. I don't know if Mike Trout can carry a franchise. Mike Trout hasn't really done anything. His numbers are great. But you also just – you had a Cy Young pitcher last year. And then also, too, this year you had – I mean, Shohei went 30 and he had a sub-3 ERA and you do nothing with it. So that's the big thing. And then now the injuries are starting to catch on. Bryce Harper is the better player. Like, when we look back at it, Bryce Harper really is the better player. He has the world – he he has the playoff appearances. He has the playoff moments. <clears throat> I think this last playoff moment is what takes, <laughs> puts him over that, you know, that hill. Because I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean – I said, that's just kind of all I got to say on it, man. And we'll leave, we'll leave that. We'll end this show on that because I'm, I'm all about it, baby. Bryce Harper, he says, is the best baseball player on the planet. This is Spain. With Trey, with Trey Turner right behind him. Trey Turner's <laughs> right behind him. Philadelphia, you got, you got a big, big, good spotlight or shine coming from the tunnel in the future. We'll see what, what happens when, you know, when baseball kicks off in the spring. Spain, Spain Cat Podcast. You heard? Try it again next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to leave a download and share this episode with your friends. Octo Talk and the Octo Talk MMA Awards is coming soon. Make sure y'all stay tuned in, man. Spin Cat Podcast is back. And we ain't resting for the wicked.
her.